Hey all, we have returned from intermission to bring you another round of horror, etc. If you're just joining us, we were discussing the mean-spirited found footage flick. Uh, Carrie with the serious staircase obsession, uh, otherwise known as VHS. So guys, today, today is a first for the Dime for Midnight podcast. We have with us our content contributor, if you will. Uh, we're going to chat about our friendship with this gentleman of horror, our undying love for Joe Bob Briggs, and learn a little bit more about this dimensional wonder of spooky movie preferences. Yes, indeedy. We have with us Jake, the Midnight Traveler, and he is here now. Jake, welcome. Thank you for tracking me down and getting me to do this. <laughs> uh, this is really cool. Thank, thanks a whole lot. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Jake, over the course of the first dozen or so episodes, as you have dropped some little nuggets about your friendship with Case or I, you know, in our days about, you know, getting to know each other at IUP around 2002 to 2006, I I've noticed that your memory about it is much sharper than anyone's here. <laughs> so can you uh, take a minute and think of a memory from IUP? Uh, memory well let me um i'll just go to the beginning um i talked about it in the army of darkness episode um uh i was part of the cusp program which long story short we went up i want to say it was a week early yeah maybe I, I wasn't two i think it was, it was it was one right one week early correct yeah and we were so pretty much um there was a tenth of the normal people that'd be up there we were doing some you know getting ready i mean we were freshmen and um the very first night uh, we were in our dorms they huddled i think it was maybe a dozen of us throughout the entire building who were part of this program and we got to introduce ourselves to each other and on that night that hot august night i met case sambelli and I recognized uh, the last name being from Pittsburgh because of uh, the Zambelli Fireworks Empire, because they pretty much did all that. And I introduced myself to him. I, we met Ben that night. Yep. And, uh, and yeah, and he wound up living on the fifth floor. I was on the fourth for my freshman year. I moved down to the third, and that's where I stayed till I left. But yeah, that's pretty much how we met. But um, I stayed away from doing drugs and drinking. And that, I think that's probably the main reason why my memory was so clear. Because I got enough issues as it is. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we did good for the most part. Uh, Terry, I think you might be the worst offender on the <laughs> drinking front. Okay. We're, we're, we were both two drugless young adults. But uh I, I I probably fall somewhere in between the two of you. I, I had a thing with tequila back then, but um, I remember a story about you on tequila, and I saw the photographic evidence of it. <laughs> that was <laughs> that was that was the night I had all these plans, and I never <laughs> left the room. <laughs> so, um, oh, you know what, Carrie, you had you were yeah. telling me something before we uh, called up Jake here. What were you? So my my memory of of us is that geoscience class. Um, yeah, the professor that. he specialized in marine something something <laughs> geoscience. Um, but you sat behind us in that small stadium uh, seating, and you were a big hugger, always hugging. And mm. Case, your old flip phone goes in your backpack, and it dials really loudly on speaker six 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 by itself. Right, as professor was about to talk, and it said the number you've reached is no longer in use. I I want to know who was on that other end when it was in use, but uh, yeah, I, I, we, you know we're in we're on this Joe Bob kick, and we'll get into that more later. But like that's appropriate. You brought that up since we just had the Witch Board and the Devil's Reign episode. But um, I'll throw in one other memory. I could go on and on. You know me, um, Jake. You and I haven't talked about this memory before. We've talked about like being at the old Indiana Theater and. We were there the same night seeing School of Rock. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I've noticed some things like with you on Facebook, on the Joe Bob group. Um, you're you're a fellow Seinfeld fan, from what I can tell. Um, 
Is that correct? I don't want to speak for you there. A little bit, you know, I, I, I love the gifts and I love, I love certain episodes very, very, very well, very highly. So uh, uh, any that have uncle Leo in them, especially <laughs> with the, with the marker in eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was meeting Carrie for the first time for lunch. Um, pretty much like almost immediately after uh, we had told each other we had a crush on each other and we're walking past Wallace Hall and out the window, I hear your voice and I'm talking maybe like 50 yards out. Hey, look, everybody, it's the ass man. <laughs> Wait, that was you, Jake? Yes, that was Jake. <laughs> yeah, it was me. <laughs> See? Yep. So um, <laughs> let's move on. See, the whiskey's already kicking in and I can go on and on. So um, let's move on to why we're here, which is to talk horror movies. So I want you both to walk back in time a little bit to your horror education to keep this thing semi on track. We're going to go Jake, then you, okay. Carrie, in that order. All right. Um, Jake, I'm just going to ask right out of the gate so listeners can know a little bit more about you. What is the first horror film? you can recall watching or at least one of the first well there was i think the one that comes to mind the most is i'm the youngest of of three kids and um grew up in a house where the tv was on and a lot of times i'd walk in on stuff um for better or worse and i remember um there was a lot of a lot of tv shows that had scary stuff but the one that i think that stands out the most was Poltergeist 2, um, the scene toward the end where the chainsaw is attacking them when they're in the station wagon, Ooh. that really, really scared me. And then, um, but then, of course, there was also really scary stuff in Ghostbusters, uh, the dogs. Oh, like yeah. Those those created a, a few nightmares for me, and straight up, so did Gremlins. I mean, I remember having a nightmare where um, they invaded my second grade classroom and surrounded me. And it was, yeah, stuff like that really stuck in. It was never one thing, but it just sort of came in and drips and drops here and there and got to a point where as a Pisces, I have very overactive imagination. I could not walk through the VHS section of horror because I would just look at those box art covers and think of the most terrifying stuff <laughs> but it took till um i was in fifth grade where i was determined said, no i'm gonna start watching scary movies and yeah i'm still on that ride <laughs> so you brought up ghostbusters there's a whole thing with our generation yeah uh with the animation being much spookier than what it was today oh, or what yeah. it is today excuse me and the Ghostbusters cartoon, I'm just throwing it out there, that scared the hell out of me as a kid. The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, the Ichabod Oh, the, the Disney Ichabod one, yeah. yeah. So, Carrie, what about you? What's so your favorite? My, or, excuse me, your first. My first, and actually, I had a similar experience, Jake. I walked in, I was the youngest of two, and I walked in on, somebody had on the original It, and it was the oh, scene God. where he blew himself up in the bank. Mm. and i was five yeah five yeah quickly um my parents were watching silence of the lambs and i walked in on probably the worst scene you could walk in on uh, i'll leave it up to you guys see if you can guess it Ooh. i'm gonna let you go carrie i'll give you a hint Okay, you're gonna... Yeah, you're gonna have to tell because there's so many. I'm thinking of so many. The dance. The dance. Oh, the dance. Oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Six. Try to try to get a six-year-old Jake to figure out what was going on there. Ooh. Walked in, saw that, turned around, walked right out, didn't ask any questions. Audibly, I just said, "Yep, nope, nope, not ready. For no, no, mm -mm, no, mm -mm. not one bit." Wow. That around the early '90s, I can remember Candyman did that with Tony Todd did the same thing to me where it was um, it was so confusing. I'm like, what am I watching? This Cabrini Green 
projects building. There's all this graffiti. Why is this woman taking pictures? Um, not as, as an artistic moment with, with Sir Anthony Hopkins. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, there's something about um, those movies. Mm-hmm. But um, let's move on. Jake, what's the horror film that you've rewatched the most? Um, is that also your favorite? Um, I go ahead. I can answer that. Uh, I I won't elaborate on it too much because this will be its own episode. Um, Turn of the Living Dead. Ooh. Uh, okay. When that got re-released on DVD, our freshman year, a couple of months after I first met you, I I was I was spreading the gospel of that to everybody. I would bring people I would bring it to people's because I bought that movie on DVD without having my own DVD player. I was that serious about it. I had the t-shirt, I had the soundtrack. And more will be divulged about that, but I would introduce that and make anybody who was in Ramonish should sit down and watch it. I mean it's just it's a perfect film, but probably my favorite and the one that scares me and it scares me every single time I see it without fail. I'm sorry. It's not some more of a deep cut. It's arguably one of the most famous horror movies of all time. The exorcist. Oh yeah. Every time I see it, it scares me. It's it for what it was trying to do is the perfect film. All the writing, all the editing, all the sounds, all the visuals, everything hit a 10 on that. You're going to have to forgive us. Our hound dog is starting to bark. Uh, I'm going to hold down the fork, Carrie, while you put the dog away (laughs) in sister's room, please. Um, (laughs) Of course that happens. Uh, Jake, regarding The Exorcist, is that the the famous track? is Is that Tubular Bells? Yeah, yeah, and in fact, uh, my partner is a huge fan of Mike Oldfield in general, and she has the vinyl. And I remember one of the first times I visited her at her house that we would later move in together with, she's playing it as it echoes through the house, the whole piece of work. Tubular Bells is only one part of it, but it was just, um, how serious am I about wanting to be with this person? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really... Little little miffed right now. Um, where's the door? Where's the crucifix? And the fact that that is happening to such a young girl. Um, we could go on and on about The Exorcist, right. and I'm yeah. sure we're going to have The Exorcist in a later season for sure. But... As we as we damn well should. <laughs> yeah, Carrie. What about you? What's the horror film that you've rewatched the most? Does that necessarily mean it's your favorite? Um, so there's probably two of them on par and they are both one of my favorites, The Thing and Halloween 2. You're cheating and you gave us two, damn it. <laughs> Listen. I kind of gave two. They okay. were equal. Two. They were equal. Okay. But and I, I also, really like her choices too, very much. Yeah, but I also really, I think my favorite genre is really the screams, the whodunit. The whodunits, you, yeah. you like those? I like those. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna just comment that slasher is my favorite. I am. Um, my early experience with renting VHS is all the Friday the Thirteenths, uh, and I'm gonna have to go. I'm a sucker for Part Two continuation sequels, and I'm just gonna drop Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. I've watched the crap out of that, probably two, three, and four, but specifically two. So now we're gonna move on to something that is. Probably not as fun to talk about, but I think it's worth noting. Um, what, Jake, what's your least favorite horror film? And give me the reason why. Things. <laughs> I don't oh. need to give a reason. <laughs> the most the most appropriate title for any movie ever, because there are lots of things happening with this thing. <laughs> and none of them are good. I mean, that... <laughs> That 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 is now the worst movie I've ever seen in my life, and I am so happy that I never have to watch it again. <laughs> Carrie, how about you? Uh, I would have to say 
it's probably two. Um, he just gave you another idea. Hostile. Oh. And um, the whole torture is, I'm, I'm not down with the whole torture thing. Um, I just, I have a hard time watching it that brutal of a torture. That's interesting because you have started enjoying the terrifier, but that's more of like a, like a gore fest than actual torture. There's a really good storyline though with that. I can, you know, some other time, some other time, but, um, and now you made me forget. Damn it. Oh, Saw. 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 I'm not a fan of those movies. You've told me you like the first Saw though. Because Carrie always is in it. Oh, see, it goes back to something. Did you already say Princess Bride? Mm-hmm. I figured you were going to mention that at some point because she always does. So we're going to move right along to uh, Jake. Favorite woman and favorite man in horror. Well, this is going to show where a lot of my allegiance lies. Um, off the top of my head, um, I, I want to give a shout out to Heather Langenkamp. I... I I feel very, very strong personal connection to the Nightmare on Elm Street series. And I I thought her contributions to that series specifically are not applauded enough. And she has a lot of strength. You see a lot of development in her character and and like I said, I think we probably do two episodes on Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which I will go so far as to say is the most underrated horror film of all time. And Wes having the balls to do what he did with that movie at a very dark period for horror movies, because we it was pre it was it was post the slasher the slasher boom and pre the scream boom. And he just hit it out of the park. And I got to go favorite man in horror. I'm going to go Robert Unglund. I mean, he's he's the Vincent Price of his generation. And I didn't pick Vincent Price because he was actually able to get outside the genre enough to say that, well, he's most associated with horror films, but he's, you know, he he did a little bit of this. He did a little bit of that. Robert Unglund, for better or for worse, has kind of been just mainly put into the horror genre. But my God, has he performed brilliantly. Barry, how about you? Favorite yeah. woman in horror? And I, I know you toiled over. I did. The man is always easy for yeah. you. Um, Janet Lee, For me, she's iconic. I mean, the, that I know she didn't last long in Psycho. But, oh, my God, when I first saw Psycho. Well, the legacy yeah. of and, her and, as well. Yeah. My goodness. I mean, come yeah, on. I just wish she'd have made more movies within the genre, personally. Yeah. yeah. And and I do like her reappearances. It's always like, ah, yes, there's there's the, there's the godmother yeah. of, of yeah. all slasher or scream, well scream queens. So, but, um, yeah. Carrie, favorite man in horror? Oh, come on. Bruce yeah. Campbell. Bruce Campbell. You almost went with Kurt Russell, though. I am, I almost, but, but Kurt Russell's got more horror. Than much horror. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting foreshadowing that you mentioned his name, but I think the what I said about Vincent Price applies to him. Had a much was able he was able to have a much more rounded career. Like you don't look at that guy and immediately associate him with horror movies. With that other guy is kind of like, oh, well, he did this, but he also did this. And then he was also in this. And hey, don't forget, he did this, too. Yeah. And um, speaking of movies outside of horror, Jake, is there one um, that you just can't get enough of? Uh, well, it's my favorite movie of all time. And it's it's horror adjacent. But I don't think you could actually call it a horror movie. Um, Big Trouble in Little China. Carrie, like, Carrie just had heart palpitations over that movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I won't speak for you, Carrie. What What about you? Are you, you're definitely in an agreement with oh, that, but do oh, you yeah. have some other ones in mind? Um, and that's our kids' probably favorite, for sure. Um, but growing up on repeat, it was Legend and Princess Bride. 
Yeah. Princess Bride. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's something wrong with you if you don't like that movie. Uh, I, totally. have yet, I have yet to run into somebody who doesn't like that movie. Seriously. I've, I've met some really jaded antisocial people who still love that film. <laughs> that Yeah. I think um, I'm going to sound cliche, but I think it just transcends a lot of taste because you can't define the princess bride as any one particular genre. And that, and that's really hard to do to be a good movie and fall within multiple categories. Um, it's in the genre of just being good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so favorite man in horror, I'm backtracking just for a second. I, it's Donald Pleasance for me because, uh, good uh, one. Yeah. yeah, just not even just Halloween ever. That's been talked about ad nauseum, but just, I even love his role in Prince of Darkness. Uh, and I think anybody who loves Halloween that has not watched Prince of Darkness, um, it's just a more subtle Loomis, in my opinion. It's a put put the the black robes on Loomis, and that's who you have. Um, but I mean, he, you know, doesn't make it right. No. So um, outside of horror, Jake, you're gonna laugh, but it it, <laughs> it is the Godfather, man. <laughs> it's I'm the not Godfather. gonna laugh. That's well, that's another movie where I was kind of like. Yeah, that is kind of one of those movies where if it comes on, you sit down and watch it. Like you, you stay. For me, it's The Godfather, and I actually still prefer the original. I know a lot of people are like part two, part two. No, I'm I'm with you. I I have a hard time. Say it as cliche as you want. I have a hard time getting past Marlon Brando's role as Vito in part one. It's just, yeah, it lives up to the hype. I think it genuinely lives up to the hype. There's something about um, the buildup in that one. I just like that the Godfather one, it takes its time building up. And anytime you got more James Caan, I think that is a big part of why I love it as well. So anyways, moving right along. You always um, put that on at Christmas time, oddly enough. Yeah, that a lot and of people do. Yeah, a lot that, of people and, do. that and Goodfellas get played at Christmas a lot. Yes, and I'll tell you another one. It, it might even be more so than The Godfather is Tombstone. If The Godfather and Tombstone are on, I can get so much done while those two things are playing in the background. You son of a uh, bitch! That was all. That was going to be my. That was my other choice. <laughs> it's just look. Uh, my favorite western. It's my favorite western, and I have. We have my brother, my my buddies, the Stevens twins, and my dad. We've ruined that movie for my sister because we've quoted the whole fucking thing. Every I mean, line. Da- down to the Latin. Huh? Yes, in vino veritas. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't even begin to finish that conversation be- between Michael Beans, Johnny Ringo, and Doc Holliday, but you, you don't even need to understand. You can cut the tension with a knife in that scene. Um so apparently Mr. Ringo's an educated man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I really hate him. Surprise, surprise. Um so horror soundtrack. And I Jake, you're you're our music man uh, of our trio here. And so I had to talk horror soundtrack. Um can you pick a soundtrack that you think should be you walk through somebody's collection and you say what the hell what are you doing not owning this horror movie soundtrack and is there a specific track that just gets you in the mood to watch that movie or even just that scene i got it um well before we before i go into this and i don't want to go into this too much there's a difference between score and a soundtrack now you specified soundtrack which means collection of songs underneath the same theme does score fall into this as well? I I think so. I, I think I want you to, you're schooling us, which is perfect. Okay, uh, well, yeah. If you're going, um, if you're going like score, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a product of the eighties and um, there was a lot of really great stuff. And I love what the Duffer brothers did with stranger things by going right for those eighties era synth sounds. And when I think of that, it's got to be pretty much anything John Carpenter did. I mean, almost any score or soundtrack that he did was incredible. But if we're going collection of songs curated by a music director, I already mentioned it, Return of the Living Dead. 
I mean, that that soundtrack turned me on to The Damned. It turned me on to 45 Grave. It turned me on to Rocky Erickson. And I got a lot more to say about him from personal experience, future episodes. Okay. Uh, um, And the song off of that album that just makes me stand up and say, yeah, I want to watch Return of the Living Dead is 45 Graves Party Time. (laughs) That just that just flicks that just flicks the switch and you are ready to fucking go. (laughs) Every sense of the word. You you know, uh, I'm not going to mention the Friday the 13th part five, a new beginning. It's not really a soundtrack. It's more two characters singing outside of an outhouse. That's cheating, but I'm just going to carry, I'm going to, there's damn enchiladas. I'm going to um, carry you, you go next. I'm going to percolate on what I'm thinking. Okay. So I, I guess this would fall under soundtrack slash score to the thing. I mean, the music, the synth music is beautiful. And the atmosphere, just as soon as I hear that, I just want to watch a movie. Yeah, you do. You do love uh, Ennio Morricone. Yeah, but um, I mean, I guess this is not exactly horror, but it's one of the reasons I got into um, the Phantom of the Opera. Oh I mean, my gosh! That yeah. ugh, repeat, I would fall asleep to that. You are you. You do come at horror. Your horror origins are from a musical stage um jake are you still there by the way i hope so okay Uh, and i'll edit that out um yeah uh stage and really hitchcock so you're coming at it from a little bit more of a classy yeah into the woods that all that yeah um not to say the returning the living dead isn't classy jake because i think it's classy as hell but uh, i get it i get it yeah um Horror soundtrack. I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go with Friday the Thirteenth again. And I just think at adding the ki 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 ma ma ma. It's it's yeah, my favorite slasher. Um, part two. I'm just gonna love on part two. Um, I could have a whole episode about part two. So we're gonna move right along. Um, Jake, we reconnected um, over the Joe Bob Mutant Collective Facebook group. Okay, uh, we exchanged numbers. Uh, I sent you one day after we had some back and forth uh, an image of our of the Dying for Midnight logo. Um, you know, I said thinking about starting starting a horror movie podcast. I'm paraphrasing, but um, what were your thoughts? What was going through your head whenever I had said that and asked you if you were interested? Well, anger. Anger that I didn't think about it. Anger that I haven't done it. Anger that I don't have the equipment to, I thought at the time, didn't have the equipment to contribute. And I'm blowing another awesome life opportunity for very stupid reasons. Hey, well, you know what? We're doing it. And uh, we don't even need to get into revisionist history. But um, I'm just so, we're both so glad to be doing this with you, man. I'm going to get all emotional now that all this whiskey's coursing through my veins. Um, you're a very happy drunk. I am a very, I, I'm not drunk. Come on now. I'm, I know you're not, but I'm just, it was just a comment. <laughs> so um, this is a good segue, I think, just to Joe Bob in general. And uh, I'll start cutting to the chase here. Um, Jake, during our most recent episode, you know, we talked about Ty West's student film, The Roost. You talked about that you dug the late night horror host stick. Um, just how far back does your love of movie hosts go? You, you know, you and I both know of um, Chili Billy out of Pittsburgh, the Chiller Theater. Is he that your first? He lived in neighborhood. He oh, lived really? in neighborhood. My, <laughs> wow. I don't know if I can talk about how my father is connected to Lori Cardill, his daughter, the star of Day of the Dead. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I he lived in my neighborhood, and um, I had a chance to meet him when they were doing um, a chilly a chiller theater retrospective at the Hollywood in Dormont. And I was I showed up a little late so I could catch the um, I regret not stick uh, showing up earlier for if I was there to catch the 3D um, presentation of Creature from the Black Lagoon. 
but he walked up to me and said hi on his way to the bathroom and i was i was dealing with a whole lot of depression and i was by myself and i could have talked to him but i didn't like an asshole so but no and then also um the crypt keeper for the tales from the crypt you know yes not exactly a local host but you know that was something and yeah and i was aware of joe bob on the monster vision stuff as well on this guy looked kind of fun kind of interesting but um but um i'll go into that later on perry um what about you you we had discussed a little earlier about you know you being familiar with elvira yeah um and and i know you watched uh, like just like jake tales from the crypt i did too that was like the early 90s kid experience with horror hosts yeah i mean i i remember seeing a couple on monster vision uh specifically do you want me to yeah go for it okay um attack of the 50 foot woman i remember seeing that um primarily me and my dad would stay up late and we were the the late owls and we would watch stuff like that but you know there was a couple other movies that were not horror but you know all the basically all the conan movies those are good my dad loved those um highlander last starfighter um I, I actually i am very upset with the fact that you actually watched more joe bob on monster vision than i did growing up um it, i i when you dove in and told me i was like okay you were you just said you were aware of joe bob on monster vision but there's this whole you've got i don't know you might have tripled the amount of monster vision i watched but i my fondest memory and probably my first joe bob memory is monster vision like you uh halloween one and two i had the old tv vcr combo in my room um so that's my earliest kind of memory of joe bob um jake what what about you and and joe bob in general uh what's your first experience watching him well my first proper experience was well i first regretting this a little bit I never watched Joe Bob on TNT because they were edited for commercials. They were edited yes. for content. Was not down with that. Uh, regretting that a little bit, but um, my buddy Todd is a very good friend of mine. We were brothers in horror. We bonded, watched countless horror movies in basements and apartments and houses over the years. I've mentioned him on my, my, uh, on my uh, letters, but he got a DVD copy of I Spit on Your Grave, the, the uh, Camille Keaton classic. And um, we'd both seen it, but we were going to watch it with Joe Bob Briggs commentary because he watched it without me. He said, dude, you got to listen to what this guy has to say. And yeah, it was just listening to him talk. I'm like, wow, this guy really knows his stuff. Like he's a funny redneck, but there's this guy is intelligent. I mean, you can tell that the shtick only goes so far. The stick just covers up somebody who is very knowledgeable, very well read. Like during the scene where the three rapists are talking about how they have to go back there and like kill her because they figure she's going to call the cops. He just goes into now. I'm just going to tell you this whole thing. You know, what they're talking about, eh, it doesn't really mean anything. But this movie that I'm talking about here, you know, they call her one eye and it's just. <laughs> This is great. This is awesome. And, and that was when that guy really got on my radar. And it was my partner, Ann Jeanette, who said, yeah, there's this thing on Shutter now. It's called The Last Drive-In with this guy, Joe Bob Briggs. I'm like, yeah, I know he is. You know Joe Bob Briggs? Like, yeah. And then I told him. And then and then when I realized that I could re-watch movies that I loved for years and get all these extra insights... I was going to be a devotee until the day I died. Uh, Carrie, what is it um, about Joe Bob that kind of keeps you coming back, you know, for more? I, I think like Jake said, his knowledge, yeah. his knowledge about the movies and the stories that you would n never really know about that he's really dug into um, for me. Yeah. Uh, Jake, let me ask you if Joe Bob approached you and said hey jake i want to do a double feature anything that you want to pick any two movies and we'll watch them together i'll educate you on them over a couple of drinks 
Jake, what would that double feature be? Um, and, and what would be those surprise guests? Well, I already sent you those answers in a text, but uh, I'll send it again. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a terrible um, friend. Basically, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't betray my roots. Uh, probably the, the original Dawn of the Dead. You know, being a native, uh, native son of Pittsburgh, I'd love to see if there's more stuff about that production that I missed. You know, I bought one of my Gibson SGs at the Monroeville Mall, so I have a very strong connection to it. And I would love to talk to uh, Ken Faree. Hands down, one of the... It, it's a shame he didn't do more stuff with George Romero. Like, I wish he had a bigger role in Night Riders. I mean, Will Smith even mentioned how big of an impact Ken Faree made on him um, when he was looking to start acting. I want you to cast one of your movies there, buddy. <laughs> and um, for the second feature, um, my my favorite movie of all time, Big Trouble in Little China. I mean, <laughs> been watching that since I was a little kid. Uh, I have the shirt. <laughs> I have uh, the side, the score for that as well. And let's just bring the guy out. Talk to the the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Kurt Russell. I'd love to hear what he'd have to say about that movie and the score of other movies that that guy was a part of. I mean, let's face it. There's not too many people working in Hollywood now who can say when they worked for Disney, they literally worked for Disney as in he would have, He'd play ping pong with Walt Disney in his office discussing what the next projects were going to be for him. Kurt Russell can say that. And for God's sakes, I mean, you know what Kurt Russell's first job in the movies was? Um, I, I Not the movies. I, I remember he was part of the Mickey Mouse Club, but I, I don't remember the movies. Before that, whoa, his first job in in the entertainment industry was kicking Elvis Presley in the shins during the filming of It Happened at the World's Fair. Wow. I have not seen that movie. And yeah, I've seen a yeah. lot of Elvis movies. Yeah, he's it's 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 a young Kurt Russell. And I mean, he patterned Jack Burton's speech oh. after John Wayne because he knew John Wayne. He patterned his Elvis because he knew Elvis. And his, you know who his skateboarding buddy was growing up on the back lot? Who's that? Charles Bronson. <sighs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And yeah. And this was stuff that happened before he was 25. I mean, imagine the stories that that man would have. So yeah, uh, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I got a real affinity for Kurt Russell and, uh, and I'll, I'll I'll pass the mic off to somebody. We else. we we all do. Even, and... even down to our kids. I mean, they had their first major birthday party when they were five. Their no six. Their yeah. sixth birthday party. They wanted a big trouble in Little China birthday cake. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, don't, I mean, get, me, still... don't get me started on used cars. Don't get oh, me started. I, on I used love cars. that movie. Uh, they we've still got the the low pan Funko Pop toy from the top of their cake topper for Big Trouble Little China. We went around cake place to cake, cake place, place and they looked at us like we had three heads. Um, but it's like, no, we just have the six demon bag. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Carrie, what about you? A, a double feature, just you and Joe Bob sitting down and he brings out a surprise guest or two. What are those two movies you want him I, to educate I, you on? I think think it would have to be for me the thing and it has to be psycho because I did in in college I did a paper on the actual individual that psycho is based off of Ed Gunn. yeah yeah I did it I did a um and I got a good grade off of it but man that guy was messed up only killed uh, two people that they know of mm. It's what he did with the people. <laughs> oh yeah, and a bunch of other people he didn't kill. Yeah, <laughs> we were just we were just talking about that very thing a couple nights ago. In fact, <laughs> typical typical campfire tales that we tell. 
And what about surprise guests, Carrie? I have no rules saying you can't bring Kurt Russell out on yours either. Yeah, so. yeah I would have to say um, Kurt Russell and maybe Jamie Lee Curtis. I would like to hear her perspective on her mother's career yeah. as, as it pertains to Psycho. Um, yeah. And, and, and then her There's nobody the else surviving from that movie anymore. Yeah. 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 Um. So I know Joe Bob has done, you know, his Monster Vision Friday the 13th marathon where over the course of the marathon, his cast and crew disappear. It's a really funny kind of running gag throughout the night. But I actually would like him to do just the first four movies um, as a little mini marathon. I don't know, uh, Jake, if you saw on YouTube right at the start of COVID, he and Darcy were stuck in Canada and did did the final chapter kind of riff. And I would just like him to expand. He spent a lot of time on final chapter. I think he even said in that video that's his favorite. But of course, yeah, um, me being with part two, my favorite, I would love to have him just do an expanded kind of info session on um, Steve Dash uh, and the controversy between he and Warrington Gillette. Warrington Gillette. Yeah. yeah. I, I would just love, and I know Steve Dash has passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to have just gone back in time and had him on the show. And of course I would love to see him interviewing Amy Steele. So those are my two. And, and specifically focusing on that movie, but the first four, and I watched that YouTube watch along on Friday the 13th, the final chapter, and Joe Bob, it's kind of not fair to bring this up, but I'm going to, he um, it's, it was riffing on how the timeline of the of parts two, three, and four, and he forgot that Paul said at the beginning of, at the campfire tale, it's five years five later years. since the events yeah. of Camp Blood. And so this is almost like the Tom Atkins argument. You know, he doesn't want to talk about Halloween 3. I have a bone to pick with Joe Bob about the timeline for 2, 3, and 4. <laughs> Not really, but I would just like to see him. You know, Jake, how he pulls up those charts on all of his episodes. Oh, and yeah. he's just got, I want Joe Bob to talk about the t- both the timeline of 2, 3, and 4. And then the continuity issues in the franchise as a whole. <laughs> well, just, the continuity yeah. completely goes out the window after he takes Manhattan. Let's just leave it there. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but let, me, just, let me circle back so I don't yeah. have a bone to pick with anybody else. There is somebody we could bring on from the original Psycho. Ooh. Vera Miles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She, she is the- still alive. She is in her mid nineties. And I would also love to hear what she has to say about working on with John Ford and the man who shot Liberty Valance and the searchers. So yeah, I'd bring her on, bring her and Janet, bring her and Jamie Lee on. Why, why the hell not? Yeah. That's a good call, Jake. How about just the, the two different perspectives from the kid's perspective and then just the coworker or excuse me, colleagues perspective. And perfect. Um, done. Exactly. Um, so in terms of just Joe Bob right now, you know, we mentioned last episode, Carrie, hopefully Joe Bob's voice comes back. We're going to see him next weekend at Call of the Rockstar Night. Hopefully. Hopefully, fingers crossed. But um, just to talk about more of the most recent Joe Bob episodes, um, you know, Jake and, and the both of you, what do you think of season five so far? Well, I, I love Fulci. I like the insights. My partner hates Fulci, despises it. <laughs> so I thought the first episode was fun. I liked the change to the talk show format. I liked Bobcat Goldthwaite being there. I liked um, Dan Housen. I love Felissa Rose. And I thought it was cool. Um, we're going to watch um, at least one of the movies from this week on we're probably gonna watch witchboard tonight uh anjanette loves witchboard and i was really surprised how good that was too um 
I never gave it too much attention, but we tried it out one night and I was pretty impressed. And um, Devil's Reign, um, I've Anjanette hasn't seen that one, so I think she'll like it. Um, I don't want to talk about that too much because that's going to be on a future installment of The Midnight Traveler Goes to the Movies. The Excellent. Bad Nights at Badlands segment. So stay tuned. I love it. He, I love the little teaser. There. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, Carrie. What about you? What about season five so far? I actually really enjoyed the the Fulci, uh episodes. I, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, I really loved the scene, the shark scene. <laughs> that was for me. That was just like. I was just there was something there was something about it. There was something majestic about yeah. how the zombie moved like in front of the shark the way that the hands were moving before he latched onto the and shark. And I would say the, the score. I was digging the live music. Yeah. That, the, that too. That was really yeah. cool. The and Joe Bob, what was the phrase that he used? Um you know, basically like, you know, kill you know, kill their eyes but be pleasant on the ears. I'm paraphrasing. Uh it just it's such a contrast that soundtrack or excuse me the sc- the scoring yeah. having him on there and doing his own versions to go with it and joe bob said it best where the hell else are you going to get a fulci double feature with the man responsible for the music at the same time it uh it's cliche but it, to say but it is like chef's kiss um and i actually did enjoy the the new um talk show theme i did enjoy that i i actually i liked it i hope that they're thinking about bringing it back even for one of the specials yeah um so i my quick thoughts are uh i really loved a zombie beyond the door or excuse me not beyond the door the beyond that's the second time this week i said beyond the door (laughs) i was there the other time yeah yeah um I still have not watched Beyond the Door 3 on the train. Maybe we need to have a train month. Um, But... (laughs) Terror train? (laughs) Well, that's the obvious one. Come on. Terror train, night train to terror. um, uh, How? Oh, yeah. uh, The um, What was the Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing one? Oh, yeah, the Horror Express. Yeah. Horror Express, yeah, that's another one. Uh, how about just the one with Bradley Cooper, with, uh, Clive Barker's train. Train. And I, I read the original short story on that one. Ooh. I, I can if if we do cover that, I got I have a great letter for that because they had to make a few changes over the course of just the last. We'll just focus on the last drive-in. Is there one episode, Jake, that stands out to you just over the past five seasons, or including the original 2018 marathon? Uh. The thing that stands out to me um, has nothing to do with the films. I can't tell you what episode it came from, but his speech about roll film. Yeah. One cut of the dead. Yeah, that um, I would actually take that that speech and I would show it to children. I would show it to people suffering recent is has within it so many things that we as human beings i feel genuinely need to hear because you got to think about it animals just have to find a place to eat and reproduce and survive um the human race in its wisdom for better or worse, has a much more complicated and a much more involved existence. And it's so easy for us to lose sight because there's so many things we got to keep track of. There's so many plates we have to have spinning in the air. And the words he put in there were so moving and so profound that I honestly feel that um that should be the man's legacy. I, I I wish they should show that in schools because there's so many important lessons there. And in fact, I really hope that you've played that for your children. That we actually got a little emotional we watching did. that. I mean, I'm sound sappy, but no, it's, it's just, um, 
you know, being real with the listeners, it's, you know, we're learning and growing and figuring out this podcast kind of as we go along. A lot of places will, you know, record 25, 50 episodes, perfect it, and then release it. We're kind of, we're kind of like a little experiment on the go here. And, um, you know, his thoughts are, you know, don't basically don't go around asking for permission. Um, we are a horror movie podcast. Just say that you are and do it. And his comment about following, you know, show if your passion comes through, the success will follow. Yeah. Um, but I think that not even just this podcast or, you know, movie makers, you're saying it, man. Anything in life. Um, I think if you just do it, just keep moving, something good's to happen. So yeah. that's, I, I agree with you. That was that one cut of the dead, the film itself. It's like he watched yeah. it and thought, oh my gosh. The, the, still, after all these years, he found something that he has not witnessed before in film. So obviously, it was either that, and I'm speculating, or something else spurred him. It struck a chord, I think. It, it probably struck a chord with him. And that's why he felt moved to do that speech. And yeah, I mean, he still said, I don't know, on social media, that that's one of the, the few things that people will keep bringing up to him again and again is that speech. So that that sticks out to me, too. Now, Carrie, I know that speech is hard to follow, that, that element is, of the that, show. That is. But just bringing it back to the movies, what um, what's an episode that sticks out for I, you? For me... It has to be Hellbender, the Hellbender episode, having the, the family on that, again, their family told them they were crazy for doing this, but they just started doing it. Um, the directing, the writing and the acting to me, that was such a cool episode in seeing him interview them. And I also really enjoyed the movie, too. Yeah, the 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 family element, the gorilla approach and them doing it during covid and figuring out a way to make it work. I, I love all the commentary um, from the father uh, who had talked about not having a permit to shoot in certain areas. Um, but they just, they made, they got in their van and they made it work. I think that's, that's pretty well connected with what Jake's going. Yeah. I, you know, just from a pure, just um, movie perspective, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the house of the devil and that's probably also just for sentimental reasons. I mean, you and I were first married, I'd introduced you to T West and I would like, you know, I, this guy, this is such a really good throwback and not like, you know, Oh, look at all the neon clothes. And this looks like an MTV video. Like, no, it's, it was the first time in a long time that I saw something that Joe Bob was talking about that somebody that did a period piece really well. Like, it's like not, you could tell it was the first time that I had watched something where the person wasn't trying so hard to be an eighties movie. It just looked like it belonged, you know, in that era yeah, period. It well, was. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. Like I said, probably the biggest thing about it to me was uh, just how they moved the camera and how they, um, and how they um, set up the shots. Because, I mean, there's a few things that some of the people were wearing that were timeless. Mm -hmm. There were a few things in there that could have been in any area. But, no, he made it look like an 80s movie by shooting it like it was an 80s movie. Yeah. That's that's the secret right there. Just You want a movie look like it was made in 1974? Okay, well, then you shoot it and you light it. And you edit it like it was from that time. And you could have some dude on an iPhone <laughs> in that movie. But, you know, if you use all those old tricks without being like, hey, dude, the sideburns, man, <laughs> it'll work. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's it's not enough for somebody to have like hammer pants on or whatever from the early 90s. It, 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 if it's too glossy and polished looking, it's never going to work. Um, so the, my last question that 
really, I, I had was more for Carrie, but, um, you know, just in closing, Jake, Carrie and I wanted to just thank you for being a part of the podcast. I know like after doing this, I want to try to figure out some way to do this on a more regular basis. Yeah. Um, some way, somehow we'll get there. I know we will. So just thank you, man. We love you. And um, Carrie, you know, we, we didn't ask you this earlier, but you know, what, what did you think when I'm like, Hey, I reconnected with Jake and I've got this great idea. You know, we should do a podcast. Oh, by the way, I really want Jake involved. Like what, uh, what was your initial reaction? Uh, I was thinking, yeah, there, there might be a right or wrong answer to this question, Carrie. So no well, pressure, Carrie. I don't know. if you know, <laughs> One that came up for the name. Yes. So great name, by the way. Great name. Uh, you should have seen the other list of names. <laughs> Some they of them were. Laughable. Do you remember one? Oh, um, I wrote them down. We'll, um, we'll it's on my to, phone. We'll have to revisit that for another episode. Alter, DFM alternate universes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Some of them were already used. The witching hour was one I was really liking, and that was already used. Witching hour, witch finger, yeah, yeah that's all. The witching stuff is yeah. to be, yeah, that and the werewolf. There, I mean, it does get to a point with horror where it's like, how can you possibly come up with something that has not been used before? You Google horror movie podcasts, and there's you know four other ones that use the word night or midnight, yeah. and you know it's it's impossible really to come up with something completely unique. I mean, not unless you say this is the witch crotch podcast. <laughs> we could have said this is the witch Wait a second. podcast. Yes. Because apparently I tell you. So now that we've gone on that tangent, <laughs> what, what was your reaction whenever I told you about reconnecting with Jake and the podcast? Well, at first I was like, why not? Why shouldn't we do a podcast? I mean, I from a creative standpoint, I've been missing doing a lot of creative stuff. So for me, it only made sense. I was just like, hell yeah, let's do this. Let's just dive in. And that's when I started coming up with the names. Yeah. And you know what? Speaking of names, um, we were both curious. I mean, obviously Midnight, Dying for Midnight. Jake, what made you think of the Midnight Traveler as your name? Uh well, it's, I usually, I find that I do my best creative stuff at night. Uh, I usually, my favorite time of the day is um, like watching a movie or doing something is usually nighttime activities. It's just, I, I feel a little bit more relaxed. I feel a little bit more focused and uh, yeah, just a lot of cool stuff seems to happen at night. I'm not knocking the day. I'm not one of those weirdos. But it's just there's just been an affinity, uh, a draw to it, I guess, is probably the, the best way I can describe it. And I can't entirely describe it. And I think that's why it works, too. Yeah. I, I think just we we've got the whole thing, the Midnight Traveler, where it does have this. You know, what movie when, when you came up with the name, you know, what movie I thought of, I thought of Bill Paxton walking the roadside in near dark as Severn. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought of this guy that's got this this history. And, you know, you've got your horror movie history and you've got your life experiences. And I thought, but there is something a little mysterious. There's something weary. There's something unexplained. And I think just, you know, Carrie and I, talking the entire episode but having somebody that's bringing a whole other perspective to the movie and yeah. personal experience um I, I just as soon as you send it to me you know i had to stop myself from going on a tangent like thinking what what would be a really cool logo what would be a cool jingle like wait wait no 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 jake needs to come up with and flesh this out but um man it's it's been so great Guys, any other closing thoughts? Just one, even though, per se, out of the three of us, I'm the newest one to the horror end uh, of watching all the horror movies, and I'm really behind in watching a lot of these movies. Um, however, I did start watching with my dad primarily uh, The Munsters. He introduced me to The Munsters. So that's another way that I was introduced to 
stuff like that. So that monster aspect was huge with my dad. You're cut off from the whiskey because before you know it, Jake, Carrie's going to have 25 bonus thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm happy if I get one. (laughs) Any thought. My mind doesn't stop. I'm happy if I only get one (laughs) from her. Love you. But um, listen, man. Damn, dropping the F-bomb to end this this episode. Um, Man, we love you. It's been great hearing from you. And everybody else that's uh, listening right now. um, Again, this was a first for DFM. And uh, I know we've been talking about the season one guide and you mentioned some episodes earlier, Jake, that we're going to cover in full. And a return of the of the living dead is something that we've got. We're halfway to Halloween. We've got that on the docket for actual Halloween time. And uh, so we're, we're always looking forward to your thoughts. And um, we love you, man. And uh, guys, that's it for uh, episode 13 and horror, et cetera. And thanks for getting to know us a little bit better. Yeah. And thanks for getting to know the Midnight Traveler a little bit better. Any closing thoughts, Midnight Traveler? Keep rolling film in any way, shape, or form that applies to you. And keep your mind open because the mind is like a parachute. Without it being open, it doesn't really work. And with that, that concludes episode 13. Ciao, people. We love you.